TheOAMNetwork.com. Edition of Sports Sports and Sports queued up. This is your host Quentin Bailey on the OAM Network. Find the OAMnetwork.com. Um, we're going to get right back at it. Episode two here. And over the weekend, a lot of stuff over the past week that went down. We're going to start off with the Ronda Rousey losing, which has everyone saying it's a Mike Tyson feel and uh, one of the greatest upsets for the greatest fighter in the history of fighting. Well, I'm going to say this: I disagree. Not because she's a woman, because she's very unaccomplished in a division that's not very challenged. Uh, she's been good at what she does. Um, I'm going to go with the, I think that the fight was set up. I think she lost on purpose. I think it's more rigged than wrestling. And I think that, because uh, look at it like this, okay? She's getting ready to go into movies. And they got Roadhouse coming up, which I don't, I do not like, but I will watch. Um, and uh, so... She's got the movies coming up. She's got WWE Warner, which is a lot of money. Uh, less less vigorous on your body. Um, so a lot of things coming up. So so what do you do if you're getting ready to to call it quits? So you want one more big payday. So in, in, a, in a weak division, in a, in, a, in a faltering UFC that has kind of maxed out and plateaued a little bit. Um, so what do you do? You, I'm not saying she threw the fight, but I am going to say that she tried to punch a boxer. And just not a smart strategic from a great fighter. And so if you lose, you get an opportunity to rematch, which is a big payday. And then you get to ride off into the sunset and do your movies, do your WWE, do your modeling, make a lot of money, and take care of yourself at the same time. So that's my take on that. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to bring in my best friend, CJ, CJ White, to the show. Yo. What's up, man? What's up, man? Right. Glad thank, to be here. Uh, thank you for coming, man. I really appreciate it, man. you have any take? You saw the Ronda Rousey fight. What do you think about what I just said? I think that's uh, quite a mouthful. Where to start off the show with a big uh, conspiracy theory there. <laughs> that's how I get there. <laughs> uh, I thought uh, Holm was handing it to her, man, and, and it didn't look like Rousey was uh, throwing anything for sure. She was definitely coming forward way, 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 way too much. And... Uh, home was giving it to her man just and even when rousey tried to take her to the ground she did a great job of getting right back up i mean she even got a takedown of her own which is a bit surprising but well i, I didn't see the fight okay? okay now you told me that you watched it oh I, yeah i did not see it and, definitely uh, but i find it odd and i you know i followed it on twitter because <laughs> you know i'm a cheapskate i'm Who not doesn't? a pay-per-view and it just didn't she doesn't seem to go for the kill she's a submission fighter all she did was go for the kill, man. She was definitely trying to knock so her she head couldn't off. Get she didn't fight smart at all. She definitely was trying to just lay her down, you know. And and Holm was – she's a former uh, boxing champion. champion. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So uh-huh. you definitely don't want to box a, a boxer, you know what I mean? But Rosie was just way too big-headed. She thought she could just come in there and win any kind of way she wanted to. And it wasn't very strategic or thought out of how to how to pick her apart. So saying that, wouldn't it, Tim, my brother, my brother from the same mother, Tim Bailey, welcome to the show. What's up, Q Nation? All right, I got you on the uh, orange microphone representing your Dolphins there. Thanks for throwing it in my face for yesterday's game. I got the game. black mic. What am I uh, <laughs> representing? You're just racist, man. <laughs> You're just racist. Uh, but what 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 you just said 
Wouldn't it suggest a little backing up of my conspiracy theory? Maybe so. Tim, what do you you have any thoughts on the Ronda Rousey fight? Do, do uh, you think it's possible that she threw it? Because listen to what I'm saying. Uh, a big payday on a rematch. It's going to be the most watched fight in UFC history is her trying to redeem herself. All of her it, fights are the most watched I, I, fights. I was going to say, regardless if it was going to be a rematch or not, her next fight was still going to be a big bang for her. So either way, there, her next fight regardless. So I don't know if it's so much looking for the rematch. Yeah, she definitely doesn't need to do there. anything to no. drum up fan support. I, I believe... I pretty much back up CJ right there where I didn't see the fight, but seeing the highlights and whatnot, she was just straight attacking, and she was getting popped in the face every time she would step in. She got her ass whooped. That's what it looked like. Yes, no, no doubt about it. Was, it. I mean, it was a round and a half of just getting her ass whooped, yeah, man. She, she was trying to continue that, knock him out in the first round, and it just doesn't work like that. And also being a jiu-jitsu, you have to be hands-on. Mm-hmm. And unlike the rest, to be, wrestling background, uh-huh. where you can go from the distance there, absolutely, you have to get your hands on them. So that's why she kept shooting, and it just got shot down. So from you seen it, you and I didn't, Tim. Uh, does she win the rematch? Oh man, it's hard to say. Home looked really, really nice, and I mean, I, I haven't seen Home fight before. I've seen all of Rousey's fights, mm-hmm. or just about all of them, but it's hard to say, man. Uh, she was bulletproof before this, but she's looking. Way beatable all of a sudden, you know. I'll bet maybe you two, that's home, I'll, maybe not. I'll bet you two dollars seventy five cents she wears. She wins that <laughs> rematch. All right. I'll take it, man. I'll take home. Home right. look really nice, man. Tim, uh, if proof is in the pudding, I'll take Rousey in round two. All right, you, get, you almost got to. All right, well, it's it's interesting. Um, I think I think my theory is plausible, but I think it's more actuality that she just got beat. And um, but I like to roll conspiracy theories, so that's how we're going to get down. It's all funner right. that way for sure. Um. So we're gonna jump on. We're gonna jump on to the NBA. Uh, nothing really big's happened in the last couple of weeks to really, especially from last week's show to to to, to converse upon. Golden State still undefeated. Does Golden State win seventy games, Tim? Yes. CJ, seventy's tough, man. I have a tough time uh, giving my vote on that, especially the long season. You never know who's going to get hurt. But right. right now, man, they look unstoppable. I mean, they look better than last year when you say oh, offensively. Because last year they were number one in offense and defense. They look like they did at the end of the playoffs. They got their confidence towards the end of the playoffs, and they just taking that to the next and the, level. And they don't even have their head coach right now. That's, no. Right, that's, that, good that, point. That, that's their only injury. So barring injury, of course, that will be. Detouring the seventy wins, but I believe they're going to take. I just don't, I just don't see otherwise. But you know what's funny? Unlike the NFL and the NBA, when you have an um, an inner name under your coach, the wins go to Steve Kerr. So, oh, wow. so he's right now he's what, them up. What, 12 and 0 <laughs> that's, that's great man don't even step on the court and still haven't lost that's pretty amazing so is there any of the teams that you'd say uh, they've surprised me in a positive way to where like they could maybe be a threat to Golden State because coming in I think we all agree that Golden State San Antonio were the top two teams in the West uh, San Antonio's still trying to fit in new pieces with Weston Aldridge and getting the role players in, in order uh, is there is the who is the top contender for the Golden Only State Warriors? Only Cleveland, in my opinion. I mean, I can't see anyone else really being a threat. Is Cleveland a contender? I do think so. Tim, if they if they have their full, yeah. you know, well, arsenal. When it when it comes time for it, yes, I don't see anybody else competing, especially from the East. But but there are may, might be a couple teams that might they might slip up early in the playoffs or look past somebody for Golden State. No, for Cleveland. Yes, who's the biggest contender for Cleveland? You'd say. Because I say Atlanta, I say, and this, this is what I think wow. it takes to. This is what I think it takes to be Cleveland. Before I kick it back to you guys, okay? This is what I think it takes to be Cleveland. I think you got to be able to shoot threes, and you got to be able to play defense. And with them, I, I, I love them adding splitter to the depth because last year they had a lot of injuries in the front court, and it kind of it held them back a little bit, and it showed up in, in the uh, against Cleveland. 
uh, Washington rather. And um, healthy Horford now too. Healthy Horford, but yeah. but how long is that going to be? You know, because yeah, he, he right. stays banged up, man. And it, it's a tough league. It's very vigorous. Eighty-two games, and you just you hope the healthiest team has the best shot, I'd say. That's what we kept saying last year. Golden State was the healthiest team, along being the best team, and, and they kind of ran away with it, even though, you know, if you ask them, the toughest team they played was the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, but I, I say Atlanta's the biggest contender to to Cleveland. Not picking them to win, but I think they'd be the biggest contender. CJ, who would you think contends with Cleveland? In the East, I uh-huh. believe, ah, man, it's tough, dude. I think, I really, my ultimate answer would be no one. But uh, if I had to pick one, someone, maybe Chicago. I mean, yeah, well, I'm sure Biggie's happy to hear that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's listening to Shot Town's finest. Um, Tim, what do you think? Man, Detroit I, looks good right yeah, now too. I was, I was gonna well, say they, Detroit, but you, you have to wait for a, a long stretch of program. Well, they just had a, a two week stretch on the West Coast, and they're not coming back looking so hot. So that hurts a lot of East yeah. Coast teams. It's tough especially, to go on the West Coast. Young teams like that, not to yeah. make excuses for them. They play tough, and it, but you early, just, early in the season, you you don't have to. Hold on. You ain't got to worry about it too much. No, you don't. Especially I mean, if, you're, if you started out well, I don't think a West Coast road trip is going to be no, the downfall it, you know, to the season. Preferably, I, I think it, it could be a positive and negative to have, a, even for any East Coast teams, more particular a young team. So I think it could be uh, it could be better to have it early in the season to get it out the way. But and, and I'm a Piston fan, okay, as you know. and um, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, for those who don't know, now you know. And uh, – so I'm a Piston fan, and for the last couple of years, and it's kind of angered me because my team hasn't been very good. And to start off the season, they always start the season in the first 10 games on that West Coast road trip. And I feel like they never really recover from the 2-6, and six, the 1-5, and five, whatever it is they go. And uh, so I think it's a positive and a negative. You can, you can say we get it out the way, but at the same time, you fall behind. And in the Eastern Conference, it's not as bad, yes. you know, obviously, because it's a little – even though it's up this year, it appears to be up as it rose the last couple of years. Um, but I don't remember my original question. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll just come back to the contender. To, the original, yeah, the contender, Don't yeah. laugh at me, Flash. All right, we'll come back to uh, Cle- Sh- Cleveland. Sh- Sh- Chicago or Detroit. That would be my two right there. I'm, yeah. not, I'm just not high on Chicago. I think well, – just- you, you don't know if Rose is going to be healthy. You don't know if they can play together. You still don't know if they're going to wind up trading Noah. You're they're the, a usual suspect, I'm, I'm though. Saying, They've yeah. been solid for, what, well, however many years in a row. When, so. it, yeah. when it comes yeah. down to it and the playoffs are finalized, it's going to come down to probably those two in the Eastern Conference Finals. It might hurt them not having Tibbs, though, man. Absolutely. Tibbs the one of the best, Absolutely. for sure. So, so well. Now that you bring up Thibodeau, let's segue a little <laughs> bit um, into the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, you were the one that told me, as I said on my show last week, um, that you had heard that the Grizzlies were looking to fire Jaeger, and they, they've they kind of been not liked Jaeger. Remember, remember last year was rumors they wanted to bring Hollins back, yeah. remember? And um, But they, they got Jaeger, and the Jaeger, to get rid of him uh, from faltering at the beginning, stumbling around, and bringing in Thibodeau. Um, what do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on that, man? I mean, who could be a better fit? Thibodeau's a defensive-minded coach. We have a de- defensive-minded team. I believe Jaeger wants to play more offensive and get up and down, you know. But uh, it's all speculation at this point. It seems like Para is a little bit of a impulsive guy, though. He is. Yeah. It, it's one of them good and bad things, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he'll get impatient and make a move. Tim, what do you think? Thibodeau into the Grizzlies? Would, would, would that? How can you fire Jaeger right now, yeah, though, no, after no, last year? No, yeah, you have, you, to, know. you have to give him a chance to yeah, see, way see too that through. premature. But, but, of course, I love Thibodeau. Uh, Thibodeau, I think he's 
a fantastic coach because he brings a, brings that defense, but he also he can coach offense as well. He's he's, he, very, you know, he's a very good coach. Yeah, he was the defensive coordinator coach. on the 08 Celtics on that team. He was yes. a defensive guy. Doc Rivers gives him a lot of credit for the success of that championship team. Uh, but wouldn't but, he have to have total control to come here? Wouldn't you think? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think a franchise like the Memphis Grizzlies uh, would give total control to anyone. Mm. You know, and I don't think that a coach that's worth a total control contract would come here. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, but how's it, that guy not hired somewhere though? Hutibido? Yeah, he, he's patiently waiting, man. I, I, th- I think he's wait. He's waiting his turn. Wait I, I don't it. think he wanted to jump back in. There, there was no. Perfect opportunity yeah. for him, so to say. Mm-hmm. So New Orleans was a good opportunity. Yeah. I don't know if it really worked out, like, if it was a good match. Like, yeah, the Memphis no. Grizzlies would be a great match, we'd all agree. Yeah. And I think uh, – but if, if we don't, if we wouldn't make the move now. Now, the Grizzlies are starting to play better, you know. Um, as you were telling me on the ride over here about Marcus all snapping out in the locker room, which is awesome. And um, – but – They needed a kick in the ass, is, man. Is, yeah. is, isn't this a no snooze – it could be a snooze you lose type of situation? Because if Jaeger falters and finishes in the 7-8 seed or, or, God forbid, doesn't make the playoffs – isn't he going to get fired anyway? Yeah, possibly. You just have to have faith that uh, he he can, he's got the ship righted. Yeah, like like our players know what to do. So I don't think it's so much. It's not a whole lot of coaching going no, no, on. No, it's, yeah. it's not. We know how to play. It it was the lack of effort, the lack of rotation, the lack of defense. We weren't showing up. We fall down ten points and give up the rest of the game. Which is uh, which early in the season does not fit the criteria of the Memphis Grizzlies. No, absolutely yeah. not. I worry about him also being able to control that strong-minded locker room. You know, he's such a young coach; it hasn't really proven a whole lot. So, and by strong-minded, you're talking about Tony Allen and Zach Randolph, uh, yeah, of predominantly. Course. Yeah, of course. Um, so, I, I say this: what Matt Barnes? Now, there's probably a lot of guys in there. I, I like. I, I, I like Jaeger's coaching style. This is what I like. Okay, I like. I like the fact that he'll make moves that you don't like. Minnesota yesterday, they played the two o'clock game in Minnesota, and. He put Jeff Green in the starting lineup because it made a matchup made sense matchup wise. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about who's pl- always playing better. Well, this guy's not playing well. Let's make a move. It's, this gives us a better matchup. Let's play him. Mm-hmm. And he, he's always done that. Like I would like to see him more play Jordan Adams or Russ Smith. You know, uh, play I think the- he wants to. That's that's what the word is. The word is he wants to play more young more young players. But and he's really been against like the whole Vince Carter thing, the Matt Barnes thing. He doesn't well, want to bring a bunch of old guys I, in. I, I think I think it's kind of unfair at the same times because he wants to play those people, but he knows if he starts out bad. Or halfway through the season, he's can. So, so he's he, held accountable for he, that. He's Absolutely. on a little double edged sword right there. He, want, all, he wants to win. But you, you, you think because what we saw from the Grizzlies now, even though they played better and they're playing Oklahoma City right now and they're yes. winning at the half. You told me fifty eight, fifty two, sixty uh, fifty seven now. Okay, well that's in the, in the that's still a lead. You know, I want, a, I want an update on each score, please. <laughs> <laughs> Every time there's a basket, I want to know who it was. And um, but uh, excuse me, I think uh, that the Memphis Grizzlies. If they, because they started off poorly, even though they're playing well the last few games, they got it back together. Uh, like 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 you brought up, they fall down, they don't fight back. Last year, the last two years, last four years, we'll say last handful of years since we've been grit and grind. It, you fall down twenty, they cut it in half by the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they grind, they make you work to keep the league. Now it's 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 all over. I'm done. All right, we're we're down twelve. Like I said, I was at work when they played Cleveland, and when I looked up at the score, it was forty-one to fourteen. So before I could even finish my pop at work, right, 
I got to look. It's 41 to 14. I'm like switching to the Royals game. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but, 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 but you just get the sense that it, it's been some embarrassing losses. And the, the, the grit. They're kind of rolling over a little bit. Yeah. The, very much so. Yeah. And, and hopefully they change it around, man. Like they showed a lot of heart against the Clippers. Uh, to come back and beat Portland after Portland. Portland put it to them a little bit last week in, mm-hmm. in Portland. Um, and with Conley playing so poorly yeah. also to yeah. beat Portland, that was an impressive win, I what, think. What, what, He's shooting like 30, 30%, 33%, something like that, and that's usually not around his range. He was yeah. red hot versus Minnesota, yeah. though. That was fun to watch. About time. Hopefully yeah. hopefully him and C. Lee, Jeff Green, everybody's starting to at least knock down a shot or two. Right. 63-57. <laughs> Thank you. So, Tim, let me ask you this, man. You, you'd say, what do you think's behind Conley struggling? Wanting to do too much because the floater's not falling, then the jumper's not falling, off the screen, then he gets indecisive. And I just think, just calm down, shoot the shot because it's going to go in more times than not. You struggle, but the only way to get out of a slump is to keep shooting. So, And they're, and they're, not, they're not bad shots. They're his normal shots. Rimming in, rimming out, yeah. man, grizzly style. He's, he's, CJ, what, what would you say? Would anything particular be behind the struggles? Because as Conley goes, the Grizzlies go, right? Definitely. So he's struggling, the team's struggling. What a coincidence. Is it, what do you think's behind that? Man, I don't know exactly what it is. I'm sure if I did know, I'd have a spot over there on uh, Yaker's bench. But uh, <laughs> I, I didn't like how Conley started out with a mask and he didn't have the mask. It's like a, It's in his head. You know, I think it's got and it's gotten them off to a, a slow start, but hopefully we can right the ship and and get it going, man. I, th- I think adding Chalmers, have we noticed the last couple of games, Conley's got his stuff together all of a sudden. Just yeah, his games c- coming together. He's knocking down the jumper, the floaters working because he can play that off ball and he don't always have to have the ball ninety percent of the time and, in his hand. And that helps, you know. It, it, you guys are setting me up for great segues here. So, Tim, <laughs> you bring up Mario Chalmers, right? One of the most hated guys in Memphis for the last seven years, okay? Because he hit the big shots uh, against the Tigers, yep. um, two of them, from the corner and from the top. Wouldn't when, have mattered when, if we would have hit a one-on-one free throws. You know, and, and that's my point, man. You know, everybody's like, well, now that he's a Grizzly is my point, okay? <laughs> um, now, but, but you look at it, you look back at 08, and all of us were together with little Greg watching that game yeah, at my right. house. And, little Greg. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, all, seeing all three of you cry, I wasn't crying. I didn't uh, cry. <laughs> everybody but I've me cried. I cried once, the birth of my daughter, that's it. Yeah, yeah. We, well, I cried like a baby, so <laughs> I was upset. I was wearing my Tupac shirt, but. Um, uh, <laughs> Balance it out a little bit. Uh, man, that's, that's just superstition, man. It, it worked the whole tournament. I, I kept that bad boy on. I wish I knew where it was now because Pastor could sure use it. So I say, uh, <laughs> You know, he hit them big shots. He did what he was supposed to. Yep. And now CDR misses two free throws, front ends, one and ones, right? So that's four points you left off. Dorsey fouls out with two minutes and nine seconds left. So we all remember this. I'm not trying to rehash it. My point is Chalmers did what he was supposed to do to get his team a championship. Our team did not, which it wouldn't have mattered anyway because the season didn't count. So Chalmers being a Memphis Grizzly. Yes. Uh, he defensively he's very good obviously in Kansas in Miami he played in four finals he's very veteran for being in the league seven years he's got rings he's got he's got rings man so. you know he's on his way to being the next Robert Ory type of guy where he's just and he could really do that here where you just come in and you just make plays when you have to and when when Colin gets banged up because he will get banged up He's a good fill-in. Bino Ujiri couldn't play defense or shoot three. He just wanted to shoot 15-foot jumpers. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to pass. He didn't want to run a fast break. He's just he, – He's he, a ball stopper. Yeah, yeah sure. he is, man. Yeah. And he's a good bench player. Mm-hmm. But when you need uh, to utilize very good minutes from your backup point guard position, um, Chalmers is a much better fit, wouldn't you say, CJ? Definitely. 
He had almost 20 points yesterday on like four shot attempts. Because I kept falling up <laughs> the yeah, game. Throws, yeah. man. That's good, though. Yeah. Man. You know? yeah. um, That's yeah. fantastic. That's unheard of. Now, um, I don't know who else you could have gotten to, to no. be a b- perfect, you know, better fit. Other you than know? Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Would have- <laughs> but you can't get him. He's not attainable. You know what no, I mean? Like, absolutely. Who could you attain that could have been a better player I, than that? I'm going to bring this up to you guys. I'm going to kick it back from the Grizzlies, and we'll, we'll come back and talk about him. Okay. Um, but somebody brought this up at work today. I was talking to I was talking to Big E and Aaron, and um, he brought up – I think Aaron was telling me about the hack of Curry. Okay, have you guys heard about this? Absolutely no. not. You heard it about sounds it? dumb already. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, here's the thing. I thought this one up. <laughs> Sorry, Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one was this one wasn't Biggie. So, okay. I thought um, you said Biggie. Sorry. No, no. I, he was at work. We were discussing. Uh, okay, gotcha. We were gotcha, discussing. Gotcha. It. And um, he said that they'd rather give up two than three to Curry, so they're just going to start fouling them and making them shoot free throws. Well, why not and, just and, drive them off the three point line? I mean. Well, it, it sounds simple. Obviously, yeah, people, yeah, know, obviously right. people can't do it. And but and even, they drive me off the line. I'm going to shoot five foot behind the three point line this time. It, it doesn't matter. Like as soon as he steps crest past half court, he's a threat. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you can't guard him off the dribble. He's amazing. He's one of the most amazing players we've seen at that position. Play like he does, being able to come off the dribble, being able to create for others and shoot, score from anywhere on the court is is pretty amazing. So you go Hacker Curry, you go you foul him because I'd rather give up two than three. You mess up the flow of the offense for Golden State, who likes to get out in transition. You know, so you can kind of see some positive. But who the hell has guards to waste hacking Curry? I was gonna say you're gonna foul out half your team. Yeah. You're gonna try, yeah. trying that out. Yeah, exactly. It, it makes no sense. I just I just thought I'd bring it up. You know, because I need to ridiculous moment so <laughs> we'll come back to the grizzlies um do do you think they they do right the ship just standing how they are right now no more moves no trades no firings yes what does right the ship mean exactly getting the playoffs oh yeah definitely contend for that around the fourth through sixth seed yeah that's i think that's chalk almost yeah. Why would you say chalk? Cause, I mean, are, are they better than the Clippers? I mean, just saying, going into the season, you would have imagined they would have been up three through six seed. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I do feel like they'll end up being in that so, range. So, pretty much you're saying you feel about them right now as you did two months ago before the season started? I think so, yeah. I mean, even though it's a slow start, I do think it's going to get – Because cause I, think, I think Houston's a better team. I think uh, I think the Clippers are a better team. The damn Clippers, I hate the Clippers, but I think they're a better team than the Memphis Grizzlies. I think Oklahoma City's a better team, even though they don't play defense. Um, I think Grizzlies get in around eight or seven and get swept by the Spurs or Warriors. I mm. I, I I just don't see Houston. I don't think Houston, I don't mean to cut you off, Tim. Yeah, I agree okay. with Tim, though. I, I I don't see Houston as a contender. I see them as a team like Memphis. In that same, because this is how I broke it down coming into this season. You had the Warriors and Spurs one and two, okay? You have uh, Clippers, Thunder, Rockets, Grizzlies, all biting for that three to six, like, mm-hmm. you, like you said. So they're all about the same level. I don't um, think that's changed at all, though. I mean, who's sneaking up there and moving it, one of those teams out? It, it has barely changed, mm-hmm. if, if at all, even though teams like Portland has surprised people, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't expect that to continue. I don't. But, yeah. you know, you know, the funny thing is in all sports, man, when – when a, when a team falls from its identity or a great player falls off, they hit hard, mm. and they just disappear. And trust me, like I said, I'm a Piston fan, and I got spoiled by all the conference championships. And, dude, when we fell off, we haven't been seen again. And um, it's, Hard and fast. It, yes. but, but the, and that. that's, that's how it goes. You go from – because you hang on so long. Like the Grizzlies are, are on, that, on that edge of doing where they're holding on to these old guys, signing players to fit the, the grit and grind and – 
In my opinion, grit and grind is not a contending for a championship type of style of basketball. Not in today's league. And in today's league where a center can ground and pound for rebounds at 6'9", and the power forward 7'1", shooting threes. Uh, but with the roster you have, you're not going to beat people running and gunning. You no. know, that's the style you're going to have to play to try to contend. So, that, I mean, you can't really do no, that's, much with that's the, that's the style you have to play. Mm-hmm. I, I'm saying that style won't win. Yeah. I'm saying change the roster over. You get Conley. Only to a point it'll win. It, it, won't, it won't win the championship. for the championship. Yeah. yeah. And, and, that, and that's unfortunate. It's the same way I feel about Chicago. Yeah, yeah um, true. Win games. They can spoil people's, you yeah, know. They're not going to spoil yeah. Cleveland's party. So, yeah. so, so speaking of that, then, uh, who would be that one player that needs to go or – Player, that other player needs oh, to go oh, for that. The first player that's got to go is Tony Allen. And I'm going to tell you like this, man. This dude has been a beast on defense. One-on-one, lockdown, that's great. Uh, we all know that he's inept on offense, and he's a, a huge liability. Steve Kerr overly exposed that last year by not even putting anybody on him. You know what I mean? Which is crazy. Yeah, it's um, if you're that but, guy, how do you just not shoot jumpers all day, every day? If so, you're not in the game, you should be shooting jumpers even, somewhere. What's even worse, he goes and misses layups next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Nobody knows. Yeah. He does. He'll make the most difficult layup you ever seen and then miss one wide open. And, it, and it's crazy because, you know, I don't think Allen practices to shoot. Carmelo doesn't practice passing. And it's just all these <laughs> things come in and, and it shows in their game, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think that Tony Allen on defense, as good as a one-on-one defender he is, I think a team defender-wise, he puts a lot, team in a lot of uh, bad uh, situations. On defense, Absolutely. if he feels like he misses a layup and he feels like he gets fouled, like any NBA player does, and they probably do, there's a lot of contact, but he, he doesn't get back, so you got a, you got an open guy in the corner who's just a swing of pass away, or he doesn't uh, switch on the pick and rolls and get on. You know, it's just it's, it's constantly something. I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Jaeger. Jaeger being able to rein him in. Yeah. You know, I think Holland's had a, you know, much more of a firm hold on Allen than Jaeger does. I know he missed those two layups the other day, and Jaeger pulled. Jaeger pulled him. Mm. Like that's that, good. That's course. what you got to yeah. do, man. I'm hoping you're not right because yeah. yeah, I'm hoping you're not right because if the coach can't control the the leaders of the team, mm-hmm. yeah, then this team is going nowhere fast. Right, yeah. and I think if you can't control them, you have to get rid of the players. You know, I agree. I never side with getting rid of a coach to make a player happy. No, no absolutely I don't. Absolutely I think not, that's you know rewarding uh, bad behavior. Uh, unless that, unless that player is Tom Brady, right? Yeah, right. Or LeBron James. Yeah. Then you, then you think. I mean, about there's it. special circumstances, but absolutely. not a, a defender. They're phenomenal. You know, yeah. No. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, so, uh, there's no – the Spurs are the only contenders to the Warriors in the West we'd agree on, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we all have different contenders for LeBron, but we got LeBron and Golden State barring yep. injury in the finals, right? So Definitely. Um, and you changed. guys think the, the Grizzlies will be around that 4-5 seed and get in? I uh, think 3-6. Three through six. I mean, I, I don't – Anywhere, yeah, follow anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's, that's more what yeah. I mean. Um, I don't see him getting as high as three. Yeah, it um, looks like – but you've seen the Grizzlies go on these amazing yeah. pairs where they just I win have. a million games in a row. You I know? have, man. Not a million, but, you know, like nine. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but like we stated, man, this doesn't seem to be that same team with that same identity, man. It's, it's still a really young season, it, though. It's very early. Yeah. But for a veteran team to start off this way, rolling over, as you put it, Tim, it, it's just – it baffles me. And I, I just don't – I don't honestly, I don't trust it. I don't think it's a Jaeger fault. I think it's just – uh, something's ran its course type of problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, play the younger guys because they'll play with passion. They'll play hard. Uh, anything you guys want to add on the Grizzlies before we kick the subject? Uh, I, I saw there was a report there where we might trade Zebo. 
Oh, oh, really? Where were you waiting on, on this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm talking about that, that, that's Can we I'm start looking, the show? That's what I was <laughs> to with asking who would y'all want to change or change to make us to that next step. And they uh-huh. just threw out a handful of teams. I think it was like Toronto. Mm-hmm. I know Toronto was out there, and there was four or five other teams that they threw out there. The I Nick think Knicks. he'd have to almost go to the East. Yeah. His, I think his game's more suited towards yeah. the East, and yeah. he could really put a well, team over in the East. Well, I don't think that you trade him to benefit him. Yeah. Right. No. You trade him to get what, what you get need. back to make your team contend for need. a championship. Yeah. Now, I, I, I agree. I think Zebo's obviously declined. He's played a lot of minutes. The style he played, his athleticism was never too hot. So the reason he was able to prolong his career because of his ability to play basketball and to play hard. And, uh, but he, I mean, he's been in the league 14 years and or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he's played a lot of games, a lot of minutes. He, and it's unfortunate he wasted them years with the uh, Knicks and the Clippers and the yep. Blazers. But it is what it is. And I think, I thought coming in, I say if we could have put Zebo at 25 minutes a game, been able to play him that, been able to afford to play him that. Right yeah. now, we can't afford to do it. We need him on the court. Yeah. But I think, especially. I don't with, know, man. I like Joe Michael Green, man. Yeah. I like, Get that guy some more minutes. I, I like him. And I, and, and He's group, a perfect glue guy, too, man. He, he just really fits in, you know. I like him. I love his energy. I love his athleticism. Yeah. And we're missing Brandon. I don't want to take Zebo off the court to put Joe Michael Green in. Yeah, I'm not right, trying to say right, that. But. Right's injury is ser- more serious than yeah. what they said. They said he's going to be out multiple weeks now. It's not just mm-hmm. a it's, it's still NBA. That's sort of, yeah. it, you know, multiple weeks in the NFL can cost you playoff position. Yeah. Multiple mm-hmm. weeks in the NBA, you, you just got to sit and chill, and somebody needs to step up and and make it work while he's gone. But you almost can't afford it after this slow ass start. You oh, know, you can't. But it's not. No. It's not a. We're not one and eight. No, mm-hmm. you know, no. we're still tinkering but, around yeah, five hundred. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like we're about to maybe catch a stride or get glued together and trying to get him back in two weeks to a month. To have that rim protector and then just slide him in there, I just I, mm-hmm. I just would really hate to mess up anything that we really kind of get on a roll if we if we get on that roll. You talking about as far as trading Zebo? Uh, no, uh, getting Brandon right back. back. Yeah, because uh-huh. we need that rim protector. We, if you were to trade Zebo, not to go too far into it, what kind of player would you want to get back? I mean, what would you expect back? Somebody that can shoot threes is going to be <laughs> yeah. a popular answer. A little bit. Yeah. you know, somebody that can. You know, which what what I, what I think you want. You got Mark Gasol. You got Mike Conley. So you got your you got your one in five, the most position your, your, your main you, positions. Yeah, yeah, you got them filled up. So you kind of want role players that can shoot threes. And I agree. You know, I almost feel like like I felt about Rudy when we had Rudy. Like he's kind of taken away from Mark and Zach. I feel like Zebo takes away from Mark and Conley. Yeah. You know. No, absolutely. I, I'd agree. But say about Rudy Gay, I think the team took away from Rudy Gay more than Rudy Gay took for them. Because Rudy Gay... So do you think we could have won more with Rudy Gay and not, not someone else? Rudy Gay's a bad fit for this type of offense. And the reason I said that was because, you know, this is what we didn't run plays for Rudy Gay because it wasn't part of the offense. We just gave him the ball with less than 10 seconds and be like, all right, man, our bad, here you mm-hmm. go. You know, now get back and play defense. And he's not that kind of a guy. And, but it didn't work out. He's it, a volume guy, he, man. He, he was, we can't he, give it to he's him. He's a good second player to have on your team, I yeah. think, it, as far as scoring-wise. Like, Sacramento's starting to play really well. And I I can see them making some noises coming in. All right. I got a good base. Yeah. All right, so we're going to kick it from the NBA to the NFL. Nice. Uh, a lot of, okay, I'm going to ask you this. We talked about this last night, okay, before we get into any of the action. Can anyone explain to me what a catch is in the NFL? Oh, my God. I'm so frustrated <laughs> by this, man. Is, and I'm going to ask you this because the Odell Beckham play, okay, we're all familiar with it where the Patriots. That's a touchdown, man. Yeah. I don't care. Before we debate it, okay, we got that play. Uh, we were watching the Dolphin game where Bradford fumbled. The defender picks it up, takes three steps, drops the ball, but he had no control. And it's, it's the same rule as making a catch yes. as far as a got fumble a recovery play. or interception. So What's he bobbling? I didn't see the play. Was no. he bobbling the no, ball? No, absolutely not. I, oh, wow. It was three steps, and it, it made no sense. And, and it's hard 
hard because it's not like each referee is working every single game, you know, and, and it's mm-hmm. not a video game where you have that consistency. Yeah. You have uh, each referee is having their own perspective of what, what's going on. It's tough to call. Mm-hmm. It's really tough to call. And you said the Odell Beckham should have been a catch. I think since it was ruled a catch, it should have been a catch. But I don't think because as the second foot hit down, the ball got knocked out. And you got to be able to maintain the, 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 the ball as you hit the ground and get up or as you gain possession in the end zone. He did not gain possession in the end zone. And I'm not really arguing the letter of the law. I'm not trying to say by the letter of the law that's a catch or not a catch. I'm just saying he possessed that ball before that guy knocked that ball out of his hands. And the NFL needs to come up with a better way to, you know, determine what's a catch and what's a not, not a catch. And it has to be concrete. Everyone who's watching the game needs to know that's a catch or not a catch. You know, it seems like there's too much gray area. So between – what is a catch and what is pass interference? Aren't those <laughs> aren't those the toughest calls in all the sport? I mean, it is really hard to be a referee, especially in today's it's era. It's hard to be yeah. a fan too, yeah. though. You know what I mean? Like it's really yeah. tough, man. And p- people have really been screwed out of you know big time moments. You know, based there, on there, there needs referees to, needs to be a way for them to replay penalties. Well, see, I like this in college now as you say that because, you know, watching the Memphis and Houston game the other night where oh, uh, 39 Scott was penalized for targeting, hitting the guy in the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could I could see live that he didn't come close to his head. Mm-hmm. Um, you hit him in the shoulder. And if you, if, you, if you are penalized with that, you're thrown out the game. Mm-hmm. But on the reverse side of that, they review the penalty. Because if it's, it's big enough to kick you out, then it's big enough to look at and get it right. That makes sense. Perfect sense. It does, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think something even like if that, you set the guy for a play and it, review it, you know, if yeah. you don't want to stop the flow of the game or whatever. I, I think because I think because this is what I would like for the NFL to do. Because in the NBA is this way too. The NBA is horrible about this, especially late in games where they're trying to look at the clock, look who's out of bounds, and get everything right. I like getting everything right, but I think you need to have somebody working in a booth. Yep. You know, so mm-hmm. we don't stop the flow of the game. You're not killing drives. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I like the fact that a, a referee will let it fumble. Even though he hit the ground, because so you can look at it, it, play it doesn't out. cost yeah. anyone anything. Mm-hmm. And um, but it, I, I would like to see someone in the booths in the sports, even in baseball. Yeah, I don't care. Make it all the sports, right? Mm-hmm. And where someone's sitting in the booth, to there's already someone there that's that. And it, it tripped me out because I was watching uh, San Francisco last week versus Atlanta, where Gabbert got hit, got up to play, and someone buzzed down, take him out the game. He looks. Uh, Sh- uh, shaky, right? It was just a hard hit. It was so, a very yeah, hard. That's hit. the only reason why they wanted to. And look it took at him a second to get up. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's the NFL. It hurts to get up. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know, but you have someone sitting in the booth that's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, he looks hurt. Bring him out, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you have someone in the booth that wasn't a touchdown. Let's look at it. You know, I think we can have that person not put so much on the referee, not take uh, two to eight minutes of our time to look at a play that. May have been easily to look at. Some plays are not easy to. No, but how, how can Fox and every other channel already have the person, the main referee there, Mike Pereira, whoever it is, Boom. Di- diagnosing Instantly. the play yeah. before they even get to get in the challenge that's, and go look at it themselves? That's what I mean. And I think it may be baby steps being taken here because now they have someone in New York at all times looking at the the, the plays mm-hmm. and what needs to be challenged Should and be. whatnot. But and, uh, isn't it still the uh, guy, the refer- the head referee on the field? Isn't it his ultimate? Decision, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it should be. I think that's a, that's the part that's slowing up the game. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Him yeah. having to go over it, that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. It should just have be it, Look at it. Yeah, put the headphones on. This is not because by the Got time vote. by yeah. the time yeah. he walks over to the monitor, the other guy can be done seen. Yep. Right now, if this guy's like, man, I 
I just don't know. I can't really see. Yeah. Then okay, uh, contingency plan is okay. Now, now I'll go look at it, mm-hmm. and whatever we come up with from there will be my final. I'll be the uh, the final say. Yeah. Um, but you shouldn't be walking over to that booth no. and all that no, crap, man. man. It, it kills no. the flow of the game, definitely. And especially for uh, between that and commercials, God yeah. dog. Man. <laughs> but you got to have commercials. That's where the money's yeah, yeah, at. Yeah. We can't do anything about that. Yeah. You know, that's why we DVR and TVO. Right. Um, but I think that so so. So Tim, I'm gonna ask you first. Uh, yep. CJ, then you go. Um, what is a catch, man? What what constitutes a ca- not not the letter of the law? Mm-hmm. We know the letter of the law since Calvin Johnson got up with the ball and dropped it out of his hand and it wasn't a touchdown against Chicago three years ago. To you, what constitutes a catch in the NFL? In your hands, two feet down. Bam. I think even simple. <laughs> more simple than that. Like if it, if you have if you're possessing the ball, if you have both hands on the ball. And the ball is not bobbling around or anything. It's a catch, man. Well, you, I don't think it should matter if your feet both no, feet come you, you down. Definitely get, Especially you, on a touchdown. Now, if you're in the middle of the field, that's one thing. But if you're, you know, at the goal line and you have both hands, you know, concretely on the ball, that's a touchdown, man. As soon as you possess but, the ball and but, have but, control of it. But how you do know? you not have your feet down? Because because let's understand the rule for anybody who doesn't know. If anything besides your hands or feet touch the ground. The it counts as two feet. Mm-hmm. All right, if it's your knee, your shin, cheek, your ass, uh-huh. your head, whatever, it constitutes as being down. Um, but I think you, you definitely got to have show some kind of control because you're talking about if I catch the ball before I get two feet and it gets ripped out, it's a fumble because that's it's just not possession. I think my point is more along the lines of a touchdown. I mean, once the ball is pos- I mean, if you have total control of the ball, not bobbling it, not one hand, not if you have two hands on the ball and you're bringing it into yourself, you're possessing the ball so, in the end zone. So let me ask you, as far this, as I'm concerned. So I can just clarify for myself and everyone mm-hmm. listening. So you're saying, like, let's say you throw the ball to the one yard line, dude's fading mm-hmm. out of bounds, whatever the play is, he snags it, mm-hmm. one foot in bounds, puts the ball over the pylon, and then steps out of bounds. That's a touchdown. That's what you think. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, no, no, very... I'm asking you because because you, you're because you're saying two feet don't matter. So I'm asking you if you get one foot down. Cross the ball, across the pylon, and then step out of bounds. That you're saying that's a touchdown because so you college, possess the so ball. So college rules. That is a college rule. So I'm asking you, is that what you think? I think inbounds, out of bounds. I think that would deviate my opinion. You know, okay. If, you, if, you, if you're going out of bounds, that's a whole different thing. I think you need two feet down. If if your other foot doesn't come down inbounds in the end zone, that's not a catch, in my opinion. But if you're okay. coming down okay. with the ball and a guy knocks it out of your hand, you know, and you're, both your feet end up in the end zone, like that's a touchdown. It's man. so tough to call. It is tough, it man. Is and tough it shouldn't be. They need to bang. figure out a way to make it not and, tough. But like I said, it seems like they're taking maybe baby steps to, to yeah. kind of head it in the right direction. But they, they definitely need to get on it. They need to quit yeah. killing the flow of the game. The NFL game should be no more than three hours long. Mm-hmm. And there's no way them evening games go all the way till 7 o'clock, yeah. three and a half hours. And it's crazy. And, and uh, It I makes just, the game boring, man. They're going to end up losing a lot of their audience if something, you know. Well, I think – I don't think they're worried about losing audience because people are going to watch their teams regardless. Because mm-hmm. football, football is opposed to basketball. Basketball is about the back of the jersey, whoever the player is. I'm a LeBron guy. I'm a Carmelo guy, whomever, right? I'm going to go wherever they go. NFL, it's about the front. You put on that jersey, like, I don't care who you are. You're wearing my team. I'm watching. I'm True. rooting for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, and not saying there's not players, oh, I, I still want such and such to be good because he played for me, but you're not you're not following them like you are. You're always going to watch your team, no matter how bad they are, how good they are, or who's wearing the jersey. I mean, if uh, Dallas fans are going to root for Greg Hardy, then you know we're allowed to root for anybody. So, uh, <laughs> but um, 
So we'll kick it uh, from from the officiating to – let me ask you guys this. Every time we talk about the best running back in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, Adrian Peterson comes up, mm-hmm. you know, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Dude's a phenom. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he comes up uh, – I don't – Jamal Charles comes up, LaShawn McCoy, whomever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot of guys up there that bite for that second through five spot. Why doesn't anyone ever talk about Marshawn Lynch until he's playing? When he's playing, this dude's a beast. Yeah, he's not like smart. anyone else. Mm-hmm. But when you're not, you, you don't bring him up because he's good out of the backfield catching the ball, mm-hmm. blocking, uh, running up the middle. He's shifty. Yeah. Like, like why isn't he mentioned? I think people consider – I mean, they have more of a an idea of Lynch being more of a bruiser and less of a, you know – pass catcher and big play yeah. guy you know but he does make those plays you yeah know? no a- absolutely beast mode Just other than adrian peterson if you're like for one year is there any running back you would take over marshawn lynch todd Gurley. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is yeah, no, he's a come, freak man he's, he's come out many beast mode for sure yeah, but i think we all expected that yeah, yeah, yeah right. do was something special yeah. in georgia yeah. I'm, but I'm, I'm shocked the two leading rushers are over 30 years old for you know, mostly you hit that thirty-year-old range. You you go down. Yeah, decline. But I think the funny that the decline of running backs has changed because the offense has changed to a two running back format. Yeah, where everybody's using multiple guys here and there, and so it's not mm-hmm. wearing tear all on and that not, one person. Yeah, exactly, you're not getting as many carries, and you know, I, I think a lot of that contributes to what you just said. And mm-hmm. but you know, one of them guys is Adrian Peterson. Yes, so I think he could be forty and still. And the other, throw shot, out and the other shocks me. Who's Chris, the other? Chris Johnson. Really? Mm, in Arizona, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, that's a shock. But yeah. but but you know, you always lose uh, Arizona under the radar a lot of times because mm-hmm. people mention them, but they don't really talk about them all the time. Well, since so. you say that, um, was it you telling me this morning about yep. Mike and Mike? Okay, so you're telling me that they are ranked number two behind the New England Patriots in the power ranking. Yes, they're sitting at seven and two. Yes. All right. Uh, two games behind an undefeated Carolina. Yep. Cincinnati's eight and zero. Yes, but we're just going to gear it to the NFC. Is Arizona the best team in the NFC? If, if, if them and Carolina played heads up, I'd take Arizona. Yes, neutral No matter yeah. where it's at. Yes. So if they go to Carolina, Carson Palmer is going to beat Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Yes. I'd be inclined to agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you yeah. at all. CJ, what would you think? Where, where, where would you put Arizona in the ranks of the NFL and in the NFC? I think they're definitely a top two or three team at this point. Uh, I do think that Carolina has proven that they can beat, you know, the upper echelon teams, you know. And it's quite a surprise, honestly. After uh, Benjamin went down, I thought they would struggle a bit. But, man, they're rolling. That defense is nasty. It is. And the quarterback's making plays, man. Man, in that corner, Norman, whoo. Man. Yeah, man, don't try him. He's buddy. bringing his name for the, one of the best in the league. Don't try him, man. He came out of nowhere. I know, right? I love that. I love it when mm-hmm. you know. I don't like it as much if somebody gets uh, boated up coming out of college and they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this guy's the truth. He's a real deal." We'll say Andrew Luck, right? Yeah. And he definitely has to live up to expectations, whatever excuses or reasons you want to bring up. But he has to live up to expectations. Then you got a guy like Norman who comes out of nowhere, and as all of a sudden mentioned with Darrell Rebus, mm-hmm. who's been the best corner in the league for the last ten years or whatever, and. It's just I love out of nowhere stories. I'm sure everyone does, uh, but I I contrastly hate uh, overhyped stories, and I secretly root for them to fail. So, uh, <laughs> but so you got Arizona's best team in the NFC. Would you have them beating Carolina? It's tough to say, man. I think it's a coin flip, man. Honestly, I don't see where I could give Arizona the the nod over. Mm-hmm. 
Carolina. You know, I like Arizona's defense better. And Arizona, of, Arizona's lost some games that they shouldn't have lost. Yeah, you know? they struggle yeah. on the road, man. They appear to be a different team. But last night was a good win. Mm-hmm. Not Big because win. Seattle's this great team that they were the last couple of years, but because Seattle fought back, took the lead, mm-hmm. and Arizona took it right back. Yeah, they didn't bat an eye, man. No, nah, man, they came Not right the, back and took it. Carson Palmer's been impressive. He's one of them guys yeah. getting old, better with age. Got to stay upright, though, man. The Absolutely. guy gets injured every year, man. And when he does get injured, it's over. It's with. over for them. They, yeah. have, they have no backup plan. Yeah, no. But just mm-hmm. looking at Arizona's team, okay. Larry Fitzgerald, he was supposed to have been declining three years ago. Chris Johnson, you know, yeah, he, he, he was he's been he's supposed to been out the league yeah. by now, right? Mm-hmm. He's got uh, a bull in his back still. He, he's and, still playing. And, after and, last year. and I think that changed his life around. Yeah, it changed did. perspective and put a little fire mm-hmm. in him. Absolutely. Which is what a lot of guys need, especially yeah. when you get to that age, man. He's definitely running completely different than yeah. he has in the past, though. Yeah. He's not looking to be a big play guy at all. No, he's hitting the hole. He's taking and his going. time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, world, world of difference, that, that and the two back system. But I it, think the feather in the cap for Arizona though is Arians, man. Yes. Arians is a beast coach, man. And uh I would if I had to pick one team, like you were saying, Carolina or Arizona, I would give it to Arizona based on Arians. That 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 that's that would be fine with me. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. So we're gonna roll real quickly because uh, my her first half of my show is winding down. We're gonna go. Uh, we got some big games this week, okay? So you got uh, a lot of playoff positioning. Um, I'm looking at Denver at Chicago because Chicago's playing really well, and I'm looking That's- at Washington at Carolina because Washington seems to be on fire. Yes. And last week I talked about the NFC East, and I said New Orleans will do that for you. Though I, I was sure about to say that. <laughs> Rob Ryan got fired. Rob Ryan got fired today. I saw oh, that. He deserved right, it right man. before I came Absolutely. in. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, the only thing that's been worse than their defense has been the Giants' defense. So we'll look at. Uh, I think last week I talked about the NFC East, and I said because they're going to be the division that has a team that's going to get hot. Because rest of these teams are kind of run away with their divisions, mm-hmm. um, and I think to get a team from there that gets hot and gets in and goes to the Super Bowl and loses to the Patriots. Um, and I didn't talk about Washington, yeah, because I don't like Kirk Cousins, I don't like Jay Gruden, and here they are sitting at four and five, mm-hmm. you know, with some impressive victories. They'll finish last in that division. Yeah. They should. I think they will. That's Dallas my hasn't won a game in two yeah, months. But, yeah. I, but I don't know because I don't know if they're going to bring Romo back. back. Yeah. yeah, but what's the point of bringing him back if you're kind of out? So yeah. someone, things. Big Ken posted this on in our, in our sports group. He said that he posted that over the next three games, if the Eagles and Redskins go one and two and the Giants lose their next two and the Cowboys win theirs, that the Cowboys are in first place. Far-fetched, very hypothetical really yes. way of thinking. But I mean, leave it to a cowboy fan to yeah. break out an algorithm. To but, well, but be, it was, it was be, being a Dolphins fan, I hope that this is not true. Cause we Absolutely, man. So, <laughs> if you guys Hopefully get to five can. and five, that AFC East is looking really tough. Um, it is tough. Um, so, the best division in football, man. Yeah, by far, hands down, yeah. easily. Um, yeah. They're they're as good as the AFC South is bad, and so <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you guys this before I let Tim get out of here. I'm asking uh, you guys, who's your MVP right now? Brady, man. Brady? Yeah. Tim? No doubt, Brady. How can you go against yeah, Brady? I just don't see it. I want to hear the guy who's got an argument against Brady. Okay, well, I'll give you one. Well, let's okay. do it. I think he's the best player in the NFL right mm-hmm. now. But I think Gronk is as valuable to him as he is to the NFL. And what I mean is if Gronk disappears, gets hurt, goes down, which he has in the past, Brady's going to come up short. You know what I mean? So I think Gronk is as valuable to him as Brady is to the Patriots. I think they're equally valued um, as far as being a contender to the championship. Brady's yeah. still going to get you there. So do you think they would play well without Brady, better without Brady than they would without Gronk? No. I think it would be the same result not winning a Super Bowl. So let me ask you this, Tim, before you get out of here. Can Florida beat Alabama? 
Yes. Because they've already clinched the East, all right? Yes. Even without your quarterback, what do you think? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> I see you over here getting ready. You're about to get your turn, but no, no, ab- you sound ab- like you don't even believe that. I'm about to say, I, 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 I do believe we can win, but I do worry about our quarterback Harris, of course, because we're just going to ground and pound and try that. Because defense is where we hang our hat, also. And defense is amazing. Uh, yes, but uh, playing Alabama, man, I just I hate playing Alabama. I hate Nick Saban. Who doesn't? Yeah, just, just I come, mean, come, hate playing Alabama. Come, coming from the coward way of leaving the Dolphins, I'm not going anywhere, and then bam, disappear. So that's it's just, but yes. All right. Yes, and one more question for both of you guys, and you're going to go. I promise I'm going to get you on. I see you sitting there ready to go at it. He's itching. I know he is, man. Alabama, man. He got here before I did. <laughs> uh, but um, Memphis Tiger football has not been very big in this city. It's been a, a basketball town, uh, and rightfully so. You know, we bleed blue and gray, and we we live and die with the Tigers for years and years. And we've kind of fallen off because we see what the program's doing. But just generally speaking. Uh, and it's hard to follow them when they're losing. You know, we've we've put a lot of our heartaches years and years and them. years. And I, st- years I, I still man. can't get over Drexel, but uh, yeah. <laughs> back in '96, I mean, I don't understand Lorenzo Wright, Cedric Henderson, you sons of bitches. So I'm okay. <laughs> um, so Tiger football, everything hashtag Go Tigers Go. You know, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. They lose the Navy, big loss. All of a sudden, everybody oh, is back wearing their SEC colors or whomever, whomever they're, you know, like Taurus, Levy, Toasty, yeah. uh, back wearing that ugly ass uh, orange. But uh, you know, everybody's putting them back on their original sucks. gear that they're a fan of mm-hmm. and and jumping ship. Uh, what do you think about? Because if Fuente leaves. All right. If uh, Paxton Lynch leaves, the program seem, seemingly is going to hit back to the bottom. Where do you see the program going after this year? Uh, before I don't mean to cut you off, but one yeah. more thing: they had two losses. Okay, yep. to, to me, the season was back a whole waste. Yeah. Yeah, yes. right? The whole season was a whole waste. You don't win the conference. You don't get a big bowl game. You were in. You were. You were the main reason that they were talking about expanding the playoffs to eight games. So I don't think it's a waste, though. I, I, and the reason why I say that is because you've garnered a lot of national attention this year, and it's been mostly positive. And even the games we lost, I mean, the Navy game was horrible. Yes. But the last game, I mean, you can't really say a lot of bad about that. You can't. You know, but, other than you lost the but game. But in the big picture, especially if you lose the Temple this week, yeah. you're like, you really feel You can't finish game. that way, yeah. You can't, and I yeah. think Fuente owes us a stage just like CDR did, you asshole. All right, Tim, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. My brother from the same mother. We're going to – and we're gonna we're gonna dismiss him, um, and thanks we're for bringing my him. beautiful sister-in-law to the recording as well. <laughs> thanks for coming, Deanna. All right, all right. Uh, so Tim Bay's gonna go off. I'm gonna bring on my man Jeremy Graves here, my college football expert, my go-to guy. Um, expert, mm. expertise. <laughs> all right, all right, bud. Be careful. All right, y'all too. And uh, welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thank you for coming on, man. Thanks, sir. Thanks, sir. Sitting over there twitching like a crack fiend waiting to talk some sports. <laughs> I saw you, man. Well, 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 from, before we get into it, from anything that I've said so far, is there anything that you wanted to uh, to comment on or bring your opinion towards? You should have just shared my mic, man. You could have came on up here and say what you had to say. Uh, it would have been fun, but no, I'll, I'll, I'll let it lie. I'll let it go. We'll go on to, uh, to some college football and get on to that note. So. All right. So right now, you're a big Alabama fan, and um, – Bama's looking like the best team in the country. Uh, do you think because because how the playoff system set up? All right, it, they're not supposed to base it off if you have just a win or a loss. It's your strength of schedule. It's how much you won by. It's overall it's supposed to be overall performance. Even though they contradict themselves by certain teams they have in the top ten playoff because uh, they they're going off uh, maybe hope or what they expect them to do. Um, but 
shouldn't Alabama obviously be number one? Being in a tough conference and seeing Clemson squeak by Syracuse, wouldn't you? Is it tough not to put them number one? I mean, I, I would love to say that, but then you've got, you know, they squeak by Arkansas. They squeak by UT. Uh, that Ole Miss loss just continues to look worse and worse. You're not sounding like an Alabama fan right now. <laughs> I, I tend to be a, a highly rational one, which tends to be put on the opposite side of most people. So but, you're uh, the one. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the one on the bench board going, hey, guys, hold on, hold on. We've still yeah. got Lane Kiffin. We're except, still in trouble. Except for Fire Lane. Yeah, that's your, that's your gimmick, man. I respect I, it. Hey, when when they when they beat uh when they beat Texas A and M and and he put up I think it was uh the pass play or the calls at the end of the game, I think it was uh thirty pass plays and fifty rushes. Mm-hmm. I took down the picture. Yeah. I was like, I, was like, I, I saw that. that and I saw you comment on, on Facebook and I, I was talking to another buddy of mine that's an Alabama fan and I was telling him what you had said about the how, how much because how much you do not like Lane Kiffin is uh I can't express enough. And um I how much you gave him credit for the play calling because it's so huge not to especially that style of team where you want to play defense you want to control the ground and uh, control the clock and uh you guys really are as every year you know it's it, it would be hard to pick anyone against alabama but if you did okay now last year's playoff ring the playoff rankings come out on tuesday uh clemson bama ohio state notre dame were one through four um do you think that changes tomorrow i I don't think it changes this week, uh, mostly because you had uh, Iowa and Oklahoma State both kind of struggled with mid-tier or lower-tier teams in their conference. Uh-huh. So nobody really made that statement. But I think I think you're seeing Notre Dame get set up for probably getting jumped at some point. Why is that? You had uh, you had Stanford lose. So yeah, it sucked for them. Stanford lost. Stanford yeah. lost. Also, Temple Temple had a bad loss to South Florida. Yeah. So you're legitimately looking at Notre Dame gets this end of the season, mm-hmm. and Navy is their best win because yeah. Stanford loses to them in that scenario. Maybe Stanford loses to Utah in the Pac-12 title game, mm-hmm. and you've got like seriously, you got Navy sitting as your be- best win. Best win. Or if, if Navy loses to Houston. Or loses in the American title game. Their most impressive thing is they almost beat Clemson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was that was an amazing ball game, and and I will in just in general trash the ACC, but that was a a very physical, well played ball game, even in the weather that they had that night. That was, what, what do you think that just just using your eye test, right? Is Notre Dame one of the top four teams in the country? We're not going to look at the AP and the USA because it's about the playoffs. That's what matters. Um, Line them up. Do you think they're one of the top four? Yeah. Right yeah. now. Because, right. I mean, like, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking in my mind, who do I put there instead of them? I, I like Oklahoma. Not resume. Just just on the fact of how good they are as a team. Just, just watching them. Do you believe that they're one of the top four teams? Because a couple years ago when Notre Dame played, uh, was it Alabama? In the in the championship, yeah, and it oh, was man. a waxing. That was ugly, right? yeah. Um, and, and we all expected that. And uh, it, but would they would they get done like that now if they played Ohio State, Bama, Clemson, Michigan this, State? This whoever? is a this is a much better, much more athletic, much quicker Notre Dame team on both sides of the ball than that mm-hmm. was in two thousand. I do like their defense a whole lot better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they're. I'm not saying they beat any of the three teams in front of them, but I don't. I don't think it's the like I mean, they they did not belong on the same field with Alabama that day. No, I mean, absolutely, and it was quite obvious. We knew that going in, man. 
because uh, I think it was Alabama rolled Notre Dame and and Georgia rolled somebody because they were talking about uh, supposed to be, should have been Georgia and Alabama as the top two teams, but Georgia didn't get to play in the championship uh, conference championship game. I think, and I don't remember. I just remember the illustrations of the big bulldog and the big uh, Crimson Tide. Uh, Symbol the elephant and the little bitty Irishman getting stomped on and yeah. pissed on. And that was that was the year that uh, that they played an SEC championship game and basically won on that tip pass. Yes, that was caught inbounds yeah. and mm. so the clock and the clock running. ran out. Yeah, okay. Now now that definitely sorry years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so I mean I'm under the I, I feel this way. SEC is by far the best conference in the country year in and year out. Sometimes you have a conference that may step up and have more good teams than they normally have, but your money's always going to be on the SEC. And I, I, I would think that's why I think that if if because Florida's already in the Eastern uh, won the Eastern Division, so we'll say we'll we'll go off the presumption that Alabama holds on and goes on to the conference championship game. So we'll go Alabama Florida. If Florida can play close, all right, um, and you know. I said it last week. I think Ohio State falls to Michigan or Michigan State. Probably not both of them. I think one of them would get them because Ohio State hasn't been overly impressive this season. And um, can two? They weren't last season either, though, right? They, and they really put it together down the stretch. They yeah. did, but they're not doing that right now. Yeah. But it, and, um, it was about this time when they – it was those last three games of the, where they really kicked it in and really started to look impressive. And I'm not saying they will. I like this – this team, even despite not having a bad loss, has looked worse than the team last year did, even with that loss to Virginia Tech. Do you think year. one of their last two opponents has a chance of clipping them with mm-hmm. Michigan, Michigan State? I mean, I do. Michigan, I don't. Michigan State has looked just god awful most weeks. Yeah, very inconsistent. But but Michigan, like they've they've played really well. Their only loss was to Utah. Uh, I believe that was on the road. I think that was at Utah, mm-hmm. and. Then they lost the Michigan State game, which I would feel horrible bringing that up to any Michigan fan. But. <laughs> that, that was some way to lose a game. So if if you go, uh, let's say uh, Ohio State loses a game, okay, even if they don't, is there any way that if if Florida plays wins out, beats Florida State, and South Carolina, they beat South Carolina, they beat Florida State, and they play Alabama tough, um. Because I think, cause I, I think contrastly that if, if Florida somehow won a close game against Alabama, that they would both get in. So I think if if the roles are reversed and Florida loses by one score, can they get in the playoffs? Two teams from one conference? No. Because Iowa's sitting there undefeated and they don't have any kind of they'll have challenge the, down the stretch here. Yeah, they'll have the big. Iowa will have the Big Twelve title or Big Ten title game against either Ohio State or Michigan State. Mm, but so I, just, I, I don't see any way this year, um, unless there's just complete upsets to unranked teams, that you're going to have a two-loss team. I, I just don't see any way for there. Because you've got you got Clemson that's probably going to win out, mm-hmm. that, that they'll be in there. You've got you know Alabama sitting there at one loss. You've got Ohio State that has none. And then you've got Notre Dame that's probably not going to lose for the rest of the year with one loss. And I can see – I can see a really good one-loss team mm-hmm. uh, jump them. I can see not a two-loss team. Not a two-loss team. So even said that, so so I went off the presumption that Ohio State is going to lose one of the next two games. Okay, so we're going to eliminate them with a loss from the top four. Um, I like it. And but, I think I think before, before you uh, rebuttal, I, I think that Oklahoma wins out and they win the Big Twelve. They get into the playoffs with one loss. Correct. I think I think that's true. Regardless, now I think that's what really hurt. 
uh, Notre Dame. I, th- I think if, if Oklahoma wins out, mm-hmm. I think they they are in over Notre Dame now. If yeah. you if they don't win out, do you believe the Big Twelve still has a representative at the uh, if if OK State if OK State wins out, yeah, because they'll be undefeated. But if OK State takes a loss, there's no way they get in with one loss. Oklahoma's the only one that gets in with one loss. Mm-hmm. And so, who did they lose to again? It was earlier in the year. Texas, right? Texas. Oh no, man, how they do that? Inexplicable, yeah. even for a rivalry game. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was just crazy, man. Made, made Texas season though. At least he's doing something. So that's the only way Charlie Strong's going to have a job at the end of the year is because he beat Oklahoma. Mm. Other than that, he'd be gone. Yeah, and, and I thought that guy would just tear it up when he got in Texas. Man, nobody wants to play there because you know you, you look at the Texas school and you look at all the schools around it. Like A and M jumped to the SEC, so mm-hmm. they, they got more recruits since you know right before the Johnny Football era. Uh, Texas Tech is is flashy, so receivers want to go there. You know, and, and it's just not sexy to go to Texas right now. Not, There's nothing it's just very not, attractive about it. You're in it, a yeah. very tough conference. That you're not going to really compete in. Mm-hmm. So this week, um, a couple. And they're big not really putting guys on the pros, right? I mean, there's yeah, no right real, now. real big names no. that go into the pros. Yeah. No, that's because they're going to the other Texas schools. Yeah, and to Oklahoma. And um, mm-hmm. so out of that, out of that territory, will include Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. They're they maybe weren't the the less getting the less best recruits of yeah. that whole territory. Wouldn't it be mm-hmm. safe to say? And they've fallen that hard. When they used to what, get the lion's share. You used to the they had their pick. Yeah. Yeah, Whoever right. they wanted yeah. out of the state of Texas. They, they, yeah. they had three starting quarterbacks that made mm. it to the NFL. That's crazy, man. Uh, upset alert. we got some big games coming up this week. Uh, upset alert. I like Penn State over Michigan mm. uh, to kind of shake things up a little bit. Uh, but for you guys, I'm going to throw a couple games. Baylor and Oklahoma. TCU. I'm sorry. Baylor, Oklahoma State. TCU and Oklahoma. Michigan State and Ohio State. Um, how do you see that playing? Because those play a big role in the rankings for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you see them games panning out, Jeremy? Uh, I think the uh, the Michigan State Ohio State game. I, I think Ohio State takes that one. I just I've every time I've watched Michigan State play, they have not looked impressive. And uh, Connor Cook, the quarterback, hurt his shoulder last week and didn't play full. So I haven't seen anything whether he'll be back full strength or not. Uh, that Baylor Oklahoma State game is just going to be nonstop lack of defense. Yeah, like, B12 style, man. The the over under on that game should be like eighty five. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I think OK State wins that one. I think Baylor has a little bit of a Oklahoma hangover, mm-hmm. and I, I think uh, I think both Oklahoma schools are, are really looking forward to a, a bedlam game that's going to be probably one of the biggest ever played because it's, it's basically going to be a, a semifinal game at that point. So I, I'm I'm not sure. I know last year Big Twelve didn't have a conference championship game. Do they have one this year? No, they but, still don't. And that killed them last year, right? But their their deal is now is is they have an actual tiebreaker. So there will be there will be a conference champion for the, the Big Twelve. Definitive winner. Definitive winner. Well, they won't settle on the field. It'll be a a tiebreaker in between whoever has one loss at but that point. How do you not have a championship game at this point? They don't you have know? they don't have twelve schools. Oh well. And Texas answer. Texas won't split the money any further. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that, that's that makes sense, man. Well, so Texas basically has the conference by the balls. Oh, they Texas takes. I, I think it's like forty uh, percent of the revenue. Have their own network. The what? whole yeah. This isn't just college. What the hell is up with the people from Texas? You know, I know Texas used to be their own country, but you know, they, it's all about the Cowboys. Texas, as irrelevant as their franchises may be, right? They always feel like they 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 belong on the A list. And I, I Other think than the Cowboys, who, I think who really a, feels that way. Everybody from Texas I've yeah. ever come across. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't make this up. Whether they're talking about the Spurs or they're a Maverick fan, or they just feel it's their right as a Texan to sit in the front row. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, it, it just freaking baffles me, man. I don't, I don't understand it. And it kind of pisses me off because I don't like the Cowboys, but uh but th- that's just how they, it's a texas thing i don't mm-hmm. i don't get it man uh, un- uh undeserved <sighs> feel of reward i don't i don't know what the hell it is i don't even know shout what out to big ken <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole nation man love you big ken it's the whole nation man uh so let me ask you this man i've heard rumors of nick saving Going to a Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, because the Indianapolis Colts are going to get rid of Pagano. And, um, they have to, man. They should have kept Arians. I know you can't do that when well, the guy's on cancer. You can't go in hindsight. Yeah. You can't go in hindsight. We're just going to look at what it is but now. Arians was so impressive, he man. He was, man. He was. But I think Indianapolis was under the uh, precedent that it was our quarterback. Mm. You know what I mean? And they've been wrong. And Because um, he's probably – the most overrated quarterback in the last 20 years since Peyton Manning. Uh, I highly disagree. I don't want to just sit here and not not disagree. Well, that's fine. You can you can be wrong all you want, bro. <laughs> but but I, back back to the question. Um, I've heard because Nick Saban, he I know he's cemented in the legacy in Alabama, and my friend, uh, my Alabama buddy that I referred to earlier, was telling me that they got a mural painted of him right next to Bear Bryant, and that's amazing. That's that's got to be a great feeling, but. Wouldn't you think that you kind of feel incomplete in the NFL? Like a competitive drive, especially if you win the national championship this year, right? That gives him five, right, All t- in, in total? Three with Bama, two with LSU? and one, gives him one with LSU. One with LSU, so then three with y'all, so four. That's still amazing, um, even with my bad recollection. So um, he said he would he'd be tempted if it were an elite quarterback situation. Uh, can you see Alabama leaving to the Colts or to at all, period? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think he would at this point. I, I, th- I think the Texas flirtation was probably where he kind of decided this is where I'm going to retire because mm-hmm. I think the Colts will be tempting because everything I've heard said that he gets everything. He's, yeah. he's GM, he's executive. And like $12 million a year. That'll be that'll be an interesting bidding war because mm-hmm. I guarantee you there will be an effort no matter what they offer there will be an effort from Alabama to match. Well, being here in Memphis, like we saw for so many years, Calipari, uh, I might go here, I might go back to the NBA. Oh, well, here's three more million dollars, man. Just stay, a bargaining chip, yeah. <laughs> stay pit, man. I mean, and that could be the case here. And you know, I don't like saving. Uh, Tim Bailey was on a big Dolphin fan. He stayed how he hates Nick Saban because of how he did that franchise. He 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 left them. In a messed up situation and, and not in the right way. That's like breaking up with your uh, wife through text. I just don't uh, – I didn't like the way he handled the situation. And uh, I don't trust him, yeah. you know. And uh, I think that's part of the reason why I don't think he really feels incomplete about the NFL because it, it, it wasn't it wasn't like a, like a Patino or the Calipari when they went to the NBA where they like like lost and lost and lost and then they got fired. Yeah. It was – it was he left on his own terms. Mm-hmm. He decided he didn't like it. He wanted out. I agree that the the way he left was absolutely horrible, but it was it was his decision. It wasn't like he didn't he didn't prove himself or he got fired or whatever. It was it was I didn't like this. He didn't, from all accounts I've heard, he didn't get along well with the players. He didn't get to do the things that he wanted to do. Yeah, because because more than anything, he is he's about control. And he's going to control every aspect, and which is, which is a, a sort of a college thing. Yeah. Like you can talk to kids in a certain way, kind of. You start yeah. dealing with adults, yeah. you know, they'll they'll tell you what they think, especially when they don't leave after three or four years. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it wears it, thin. You saw it with Harbaugh. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and you know, it runs its course, and um, 
I think that I think that when you deal with NFL players, one, they're making more money than you. So you know, you've been at jobs where someone's making more money than you. No matter what you tell them, they're they're really half-ass listening because they know yeah. they make more money than you do. Yeah. You know, players have to respect you and like you on some level. Absolutely, yeah. they don't have to like you to want to come over and eat gumbo like no, in, uh, no, 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 any given yeah. Sunday. Mm-hmm. But they gotta like you enough to want to play for on you. some level. Yeah, yeah, they gotta want to play hard. And um, like you see it a lot of times where coaches don't. They just lose their team, man. And it's man. unfortunate because, you know, I saw it with Andy Reid and um, mm-hmm. who are guys who I miss very much. And um, But, uh, you know, you see it all through all sports where a coach wears out his welcome. We talked about the Grizzlies earlier where their identity kind of left. And that's not the coach's fault, but somebody's got to pay the toll, you mm-hmm. know. And um, yeah. you can't get the players to play for you, man. You got to get somebody that can. Because like you said earlier, man, you can't uh, let players dictate. Mm-hmm. But if it's the whole team. Yeah, right. It's, if it's 12 versus 1 or 53 versus 1 or, you know, whichever sport it is, you got to. But I gotta, think you have to kind of go in and pluck those bad apples, too. You know, absolutely. whoever's setting the tone for the locker room, you have to get that out of there, man. If they're causing problems. Yeah, I, I absolutely yeah. agree. Um, so right now we're pretty much, you, you think the four stands as it is coming up tomorrow. This week. For the playoffs. This It'll week. stand the What's same. your final uh, prediction? I by, mean, I know there's the, a lot that's going to happen. By yeah. the end of the year, mm-hmm. I I would say Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, probably all stay there, probably all went out. So um, Notre Dame's the one that's on watch. And, and the worst, the the bad thing, Notre Dame does not control its own destiny. I think I think Oklahoma wins out; it's mm-hmm. their spot. I think Oklahoma State wins out; it's their spot. I think Florida wins out; it's their spot. I think Michigan State wins out; it's their spot. Like, so I, what if Florida wins out and Bama? And they beat Bama in the championship game. They both get in. Yeah. They both get in. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bama, Bama would be out. And you think so? The, yeah, I, I think two losses. Yeah, yeah two losses. There's, there's no way you can't have a team with two losses what, in the what, final I, four. I disagree. Unless you you, got, you can, but it depends on the. But year. just on not, merit, not, not because what, they're the best or the worst. But, but just on this merit. year. Yeah. But would you think that? Because with the eyeball test, like if we bet money, like there's nobody that I would bet on to beat Alabama. Yeah. Neutral ground on the road. They're the whatever. most impressive team. They're, they're, they're the best and, team. Which yeah. your eyes tell you? Do you and think Vegas it, would back that up? Vegas has come out and said that they would favor Bama on a neutral side against anybody in the country, and rightfully so. So do you think it's a national bias? against we got to keep the SEC um we really don't want the SEC to have one team yeah. right but you, you can't help it uh but it's only a small part of the country that encompasses I, I, where the I SEC think it's is the rest of the country man yeah it just seems you mean like going against the going against the SEC, the, yeah. where the SEC get two that. teams in and mm-hmm. it's, it's like oh because you know when it was LSU and Alabama a few years ago for the championship but oh, how can you have two teams from the same conference and for the play the playoffs were set up so we everybody could have a shot and but it's supposed to be the four best teams regardless of your conference and I think that before before you, before you say something I know you're ready to go I'm, I'm like I don't think like Notre Dame needs to be in a conference because mm-hmm. If you don't play in a na- in your conference championship game, mm-hmm. how the hell do you play for a national championship? Yeah, that baffles me. Like anything, I can't say it's always throwing me off. I'm glad college finally go to a playoff system. I can't wait till they get to eight teams. Mm-hmm. Be a little bit more exciting and, and and an opportunity for more schools to win. You know what I mean? Like like a team like Memphis who was eight and zero before they lost. You're like, if we can just get into the playoffs, yeah, right. You know, but at four teams, it's it's almost impossible. It's it's, it's almost seemed like it's, it's it's a precursor from the beginning of who's going to get in. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a non-Power 5 school, the the ones that are good enough to have that recognition aren't going to get the schools to schedule them. They need to have the resume at the end of the year to get into four schools. 
Because I mean, that's I mean, you'd have to come out of nowhere. Yeah. Because if you were any kind of threat going, right. they're not going to let you come up on them, or yeah. or have some kind of of natural rivalry like Memphis had with Ole Miss to give them that, mm-hmm. that spotlight there. Just in general, you know, and and we saw it with with you know Boise State for years. Like nobody was going to schedule them for the yeah, part. right. And you know, you finally saw. Yeah, you know, I think Georgia scheduled them at a home and home, and uh, and Oregon did, but it was it was kind of more towards like after they'd already kind of they beaten Oklahoma in that the Fiesta. If you're in a power zone, conference, you have no need to do that. No, don't take that risk. You know, you're already playing so many tough yeah, opponents. Yeah, why would you yeah. add on a tough uh, out of conference schedule? Yeah, it's yeah. Not, basketball too. Yeah, you know, like like you can go from the argument in basketball more so to where. You want to play teams outside of your conference to get ready to prime your young players for you know the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I still say, man, there's no reason to load up your schedule when you're playing f- for the top 25 teams mm-hmm. just off your conference alone. Right. And, and since you know everybody loves loves to pick on the SEC about their out of conference schedule, but you know at the end, end of the year, like Alabama's going to have seven ranked teams they played this year. Mm-hmm. And now one of those was Wisconsin, one of those was out of conference. But, you know, for the most part, that's going to be more than anybody else in the country. So why am I going to stress myself out with my out of conference for the rest of the time? Exactly. I, to- I totally concur, man. Playing Wisconsin's uh, risky enough. I just got an update. I know we're all wondering. The Grizzlies lead the Thunder by three with a minute 25 left. Oh, wow. Uh-oh. Yeah. We need to get a TV in here next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll bring it with us. But, uh, I, mean, no, I mean, and that's something like a couple of them have, have – like that first weekend, they have that first weekend opening big game because they know they can survive that loss early in the year. Mm-hmm. If you lose that game, you've got you know twelve weeks to start working your way back up. But if you lose that game and you're playing in the SEC, you that's going to be tough not to lose another one. You know, See, I think it's too risky, man. I wouldn't do it. I agree. Yeah. One at best. Um, I'm definitely not trying to play anybody that's in the top 10 that's not in my conference mm. it makes no sense it really doesn't help you no as much as it would hurt you i would think no i mean i'd say that but i mean it allows you the exposure to survive like the old miss loss yeah i mean granted we won't we you know we beat wisconsin this year but like you know next it year, didn't move the needle for you either way i don't think uh, if you play the sec and you beat the teams you beat it doesn't matter if you beat or if you beat wisconsin if you lost to Wisconsin, that would definitely yeah, matter. That, that but I hurt. think if you beat Wisconsin, it doesn't really move the doesn't needle that you. much. That, that was my point. I yeah. think I think this is this, this is what I, I like. I think when it used to be just the polls, the coaches poll and the AP, you, you put top four by resume. They they used to do by if you won by a lot of points because Spurrier was uh, notorious for running up the score to help his ranking. Mm-hmm. You know, which I did not like. But the playoffs are supposed to be set up for how good you are. Yeah, you know, and right now they just seem to be really hypocritical on, on their stance on who they really want in, and I think the best four teams should be playing in any sport. Mm-hmm. You're the, one of the best teams, you need to have a chance to play for the championship, uh, regardless of the restriction or the bias that's uh, involved in all that. I mean, and I'll even admit to to bias of my own because you know I'm going to put Ohio State in in my top four right now, but honestly, like we have no idea who Ohio State is. Yeah. They have they have not played a single team that has any point in this season been ranked in the top 25. Yeah. And we're in mid-November. Yeah, like, man. Mm-hmm. It's almost over, man. 90% of the season's gone. Now, I will yeah. get, like, the next three games, we're going to find out who they are. Absolutely. But, but we, you have no idea. All we know right now is Urban Meyer's a hell of a coach. And yeah. Alongside Nick yeah. Saban, probably the best in the country. Yeah, they're the um, two. Yeah. Anything else you want to chime in on, man? 
anything wise. Do you think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs? No. I like your young no. team, man. No. It's no? it's a building block, man, it's, for sure. It's 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 riding out the the end of Kobe, which is sadly I think going to look you a lot like. Do you think Kobe ever play, puts on another uniform? That's a big Laker question, I would uh, say. I was, uh, he's he will not be back in a Laker uniform after this year. I don't know if if his ego will allow him to stop. I think yeah. I, I, I'd agree. I think his ego and his passion because I think he would he, get a lot of respect from me if he did though. If I he mean retired I retired as a Laker. Oh yeah, definitely. What if you feel like you can still play? Yeah. You know, and um he feels like like say he makes it through the season relatively healthy as opposed mm-hmm. to the last couple seasons. And he feel like, man, I could still be a a key At, player. Everyone thinks they can still play that plays professional sports. But if you, you put know, up twenty it's very points, few far between. But very few players are putting up twenty points a game. Yeah, you know, and everybody talks about how Kobe didn't like. He doesn't like to pass the ball. Well, the last couple, who the hell is he supposed to pass to? Because every, every time I look at the score, they're down twelve, fifteen points. Yeah, it seems at like at that he tra- point, I'm not passing the ball to you. You had right. your chance. Now it's time for me to jack up shots. Yeah, it seems like he tries to be more f- a facilitator early in games, and it doesn't really work out. So he has to resort back to trying to. Play hero ball, you know. I mean, every, everybody jokes about you know Kobe being a black hole, but I mean the, the truth is like, <laughs> black they, hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, I mean the guys, the guys averaged five plus assists his entire career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he he's never been great about sharing the ball, and he's been very open about, hey, I'm not passing the ball because it's Mush Parker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I don't really blame him for that, but I, I if if. Theoretically, I'm talking to Kobe. I'm gonna I'm gonna point to Peyton Manning, and I'm gonna be like, "That is not how you want your career to finish." Yeah, that is not how you want to be remembered going out. Absolutely, I don't think his body's gonna ever deteriorate to the point of Peyton Manning's body right now. But it is right now. I would say it has already. Yeah, I mean, like he's had ligaments. I mean, just popping loose on him everywhere the last. Just from walking funny, you know, just walking and just come down wrong. Well, the guy's notorious for being the hardest working guy. You know, just will work overnight. You know, on his game and. I think eventually that just takes you know takes its toll. Yeah, I saw a, a story. Uh, Wesley Matthews, who's recovering from the same injury, uh, originally started out trying to match Kobe's routine of of getting back from that injury, mm-hmm. and he said he realized very quickly. <laughs> no, no, yeah, right. Uh-uh. Kobe's yeah. phenomenal, man. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's <clears throat> excuse me. He's one of the best players of his era for sure. One of the top ten greatest players of all time, arguably. Um, it, it it's funny when someone's like, "This guy's a top ten player." But at the prime of their career, but as it falls down, well, he's not top ten anymore. How, how did he lose everything he's just built up just because he's not as good as he was? I don't. People are too reactionary, I, man. It is. Yeah. And when it's all said, I can't up, stand that. When he when he's being put in the Hall of Fame in five years or, or five years from the end of his career, they'll oh he was so great, but he just liked to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's fair, but that's the way it is. Uh, great defender. I, he he doesn't get the credit he I, I deserves. Put, I that. put on social media uh, any questions that anyone would like to ask me. Um, apparently, people were too busy to respond. So I only got two questions. Uh, one, and I'll kick it to each of you guys before I, I respond. It should be very simple. Is Peyton Manning done? Now or by the end of the year? Right now. Like just after this year, do you think he plays again? Like, what does done mean? Not after like, this year, no. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I can see him playing this year. So he has a torn plantar fasciitis, okay? Partially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the funny thing about Peyton Manning, now, they I say went, that's worse though. Partial's worse than because you can't torn. heal it. Yeah. yeah, and I think uh, I went hard on Peyton Manning, and don't get me wrong, I think he's one of the top ten, maybe best quarterbacks of all time. But when you start talking about greatest of all time, I think you're totally overrating him. Uh, and I went hard on him, but every time he seems to have a struggling game or plays not so well, 
he seems to all of a sudden, oh, he was hurt and he just didn't tell nobody. I don't want to hear that shit. You know what I mean? If you don't want to talk about it before the game, don't bring it up after you didn't play well. Uh, the second question was uh, if Tony Romo hadn't gotten hurt, where would the Cowboys be right now? First place in their division. Easily. I, I say I say best team in the NFC because that team has played every team tough. And um, defense is good, not great. Uh, I think McFadden should have got a few more touches early. But uh, – I think as far as that, they they were definitely they've been in every game they played in, and they got a killer's role schedule coming back, so they get their quarterback. Um, but I think if he had played, they'd definitely been first in their division. They'd probably be sitting at seven and two, ish, and you know one of the top seeds in the NFC. Well, Jeremy Grace, thank you so much for coming on my show, man. I really my greatly pleasure. appreciate it. I had um, fun. Yeah, my, thanks, man. My best friend CJ was here with me. He'll be here most of the time until he gets on my nerves and I don't allow him. <laughs> uh, Tim Bailey joined us earlier, and I greatly appreciate that. So this is my uh, Keep It Real segment. If I can be serious for a minute. Friday night in Paris, um, it was a terrorist attack. And it's heinous, and you know it really bothers me how everyone brings up. Well, this attack doesn't get the coverage of this attack and whatnot. And I know it's a cultural difference thing. I know it's a black-white thing, but everything shouldn't come down to that because all lives matter. And when a country is wounded, uh, strength has to come together, bring us together, and support each other. Um, they're supposed to be one of our oldest allies, and. But I don't care if it was them. I don't care if it's Africa. I don't care if it's even Mexico. Um, <laughs> but I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be serious. But but we should all come together because this could be any of us. All right. That could be the restaurant that you're sitting at with your family that gets shot up. That could be the concert that you're at that gets blown up. All lives matter. Hug the ones you love. And uh, I'm Quentin Bailey. You can find us on the OEMnetwork.com. And I am out. Peace. This podcast is a production of Ohm Audio and the Ohm Network. For more information, go to theoamnetwork.com.